Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Wisdom Wednesdays. Now, you would need to be living under a rock to not realize that we are in the middle of an obesity epidemic and there's lots and lots and lots of debate about what is causing it. Um, but what is pretty clear that nobody argues with is reduced amounts of physical activity are a contributing factor. But pretty much all researchers would agree that our nutrition is probably a bigger factor. Now, within that, there's a whole heap of debate as to what's the main culprit. Is it fat or is it sugar? Nobody would tell you really that it's protein, but people will argue whether it's fat, whether it's sugar, carbohydrates in total. But certainly more and more, the finger is being pointed at sugar and processed carbohydrates. So in this quest for healthier living and the fight against obesity and the ever-increasing amount of sugar in the diets, um, one popular sugar substitute that has emerged is something called erythritol. And it is on the ingredient list of many reduced sugar um, keto products, low-carb products, um, diet drinks, all of these things. But is it all it's cracked up to be? And this week, we're going to explore that. So erythritol, it belongs to the sugar alcohol family, um, alongside products such as sorbitol and xylitol, which you may have heard of. So erythritol is naturally occurring in small amounts in fruits and vegetables, but it's also artificially manufactured uh, for use in a wide variety of food products. And, and it's pre is because it has about 70% of the sweetness of sugar, um, but has no calories, no aftertaste, and minimal impact on blood sugar levels, which makes it a bit of a star for big food. And accordingly, it's become a bit of a staple in sugar-free products or low-sugar products, keto, low-carb, and diabetes-friendly products, as well as a whole range of other things. Now, erythritol is the largest ingredient by weight in many so-called natural um, sweeteners, such as stevia and monk fruit products. And it's also contained in the sweetener Splenda and Truvia. Now, um, because the natural inverted commas, one stevia and monk fruit, are about 200 to 400 times sweeter than sugar. You just need a small amount of them in any product. And it turns out that a lot of these products are made up of erythritol, which, as well as the sweetness, adds to the sugar-like crystalline appearance and texture that, that lots of consumers have come to expect. Now, Current guidelines don't require erythritol to be on the label of foods, but you'll find it in a whole heap of um, sugar-free drinks as well as baked goods, candies or lollies, depending on where you're from, um, chewing gum, mints, chocolate, flavored waters have it in it. So there's ice cream, sundaes, lots of sauces, marinades, and, and a whole heap of other ultra-processed foods. Um, so let's now dissect the findings of a new study um, that was recently published that explored the properties of erythritol um, and, and weigh the potential risks and benefits associated. So this study was um, uh, driven by a guy called Dr. Stanley Hazen, um, and it was published in the journal Nature Medicine. And, and you've heard me wax lyrical about the journal, anything to do with the journal Nature um, really good quality journal. And, and this research has raised alarms about erythritol. So according to the research, 
individuals with high levels of erythritol in their blood, and particularly those with pre-existing risk factors for heart disease, such as being overweight or diabetes, they are at a significantly increased risk of cardiovascular events compared to people with low levels of erythritol in their blood, all things being equal. So the study found that erythritol might be causing blood platelets to clot more readily, um, which is a condition that can um, drive heart attacks and strokes. And, and the lead author, Dr. Stanley Hayes, and when he was uh, interviewed about the research, he said the degree of risk was not modest. Now, this, this guy is the director for the Center of Cardiovascular Diagnostics and Prevention at the Cleveland Learner Research Institute. And he quotes, he said that basically, if your blood level of erythritol was in the top 25% compared to the bottom 25%, there was about a two-fold higher risk for heart attack and stroke. And he said it's on par with the strongest predictors of cardio, cardiovascular disease, such as diabetes. Now, let me just say that again, in case it didn't quite sink in. It is on par with the strongest of cardiac risk factors like diabetes. This is um, coming from somebody who is a director for the Center for Cardiovascular Diagnostics and Prevention. And it turns out that the connection between erythritol and cardiovascular issues was a completely unintended discovery. The research team wasn't investigating it at all. They actually were initially investigating unknown compounds in the blood that could predict the risk of heart attack, stroke, or death. And the research had a simple goal to try to find unknown chemicals or compounds in a person's blood that might predict the risk for a heart attack, stroke, or death in the next three years. And in order to do so, they analyzed um, blood samples of, of over 1,100 people um, who were at risk for heart disease, collected between 2004 and 2011, and then they followed them up to see what happened. And they found that this substance seemed to play a big role. It kind of just popped up on the radar, and they didn't know what it was um, because of the way that the method that the study was used. And then they discovered that it was erythritol, um, this, this sweetener. And then they went back to try and confirm the findings. So when they found fun, they went, oh, this is kind of a red flag. We need to do some more research. And so what they did is they, they then tested another batch of blood samples from more than 2,000 people in the United States and an additional 830-odd samples um, that was collected by colleagues in Europe until 2018. And about three quarters of the participants in all three of those population groups had either coronary disease or high blood pressure, and about a fifth had diabetes, um, and over half were male in their 60s and their 70s. And in all three populations, the researchers found that higher levels of erythritol were connected to a greater risk of heart attack, stroke, or death within three years. And probably these people were had those high levels in there because they were at risk and they were uh, trying then to reduce the amount of sugar in their diet, I would imagine. They didn't interview them um, to find out. Um, <laughs> 
But so why, why is this? Like, why would it cause it? So to find out, the researchers did further animal and lab tests and discovered that erythritol was provoking enhanced thrombosis, which is a process of clotting in the blood. So they now have shown not only what happens, but how it actually happens is that it promotes blood clots. And it, um, this uh, finding being confirmed in multiple populations gives it added strength. Um, and this is a dangerous scenario for individuals who are at risk for heart attack or clotting issues. They may be overweight, they may have diabetes, and they're told that they need to um, clean up their diet. And so obviously they go, well, I'm going to have stuff that is reduced sugar and, and here's stuff that's got reduced sugar in it. Um, so you can see how people end up doing this. And the food industry plays into this. It gives people those options. Now, of course, there's been a very strong response from industry. So the Calorie Control Council, um, which is funded by the manufacturers of artificial sweeteners, um, it and actually I jumped on their website um, just to have a look, and and right at the top there's a banner saying "Get the facts about erythritol." Right, so they released a statement challenging the findings, and they've cited decades of research affirming the safety of erythritol and other reduced calorie sweeteners. Um, I'd love to have the time to dig into that research and see who actually funded that research because that's always an interesting question. But anyway, they've cautioned, rightly so, I have to say, they have cautioned against applying these results broadly given that the study's participants were already at an increased risk for cardiovascular events. Now, whilst it's true that you should be very worried about generalizing the results of one population group, which in this case was people at risk of heart disease, to the broader population at large, the findings of this study cannot be ignored, particularly when they discovered the mechanism of the damage, that it was increasing the risk of clotting. And the human body does create um, erythritol naturally, but not in anywhere near the amounts that are required for in the levels measured in this study. Um, so with erythritol being so prevalent in our diets, especially those who are um, having food that are trying to do low sugar stuff or they're following keto or low carb stuff, these correlations, and we need, do need to say that they are correlations, they, they do obviously warrant a closer look and some further research by independent bodies. Now, there are known side effects, stated side effects of the erythritol, such as gas, bloating, diarrhea, and nausea. And I have reported on this podcast on previous research that shows some, but not all, artificial sweeteners can disrupt the gut microbiome. And there's also other research that I've talked about previously showing that people who consume diet products with artificial sweeteners can end up consuming more calories throughout the day. And how that mechanism works, um, it just, just superficially, is basically this stuff, this sweetness comes in, um, you taste it on the receptors in your tongue, they send a signal to your brain that there's a whole bolus of sugar coming in. So your sugar tells the liver to pro stop producing blood sugar. And then what happens, because it's an anticipation that there's going to be a quick rise in your blood sugar, then there isn't. Uh, and so your blood sugar drops. 
And then the brain goes, holy shit, we need to sort out this low blood sugar so it makes you actually hungry. So that's the the rough mechanism by which that can actually happen. Um, but look, in summary, this study shows a very concerning correlation with a plausible mechanism about the potential risks of excess erythritol. And we do have to balance that against the very real risk of excessive sugar consumption. And it's pretty clear that there's no silver bullet in nutrition. And it does underscore the complexity of, of, of nutritional research and the need for a nuanced approach when we give recommendations. But while we await more comprehensive research on both this and other artificial sweeteners, I think it's pretty prudent to limit your intake of it. Um, and this study really does serve to remind us that when stuff seems too good to be true in nutrition, it normally is. So the bottom line for me is that this is yet another reason to minimize your consumption of ultra-processed foods because you do not find this stuff in significant amounts in real food um, and follow the low HI and low human interference 80-20 rule that I am so passionate about. And if you do that, even if you're having this stuff, you'll be um, in the, the class of people who had the lowest amount in their bloods and have a significantly reduced risk of cardiovascular events. So that is it for this week. I will catch you next time.